Hello and welcome to Talk and Talk, the special uh, survivor version of Talk and Talk. I'm here today with Al. Hello. We're going to be talking about Survivor Marquesa. Is that how you say it? That's how some people associated with this season say it. All right. I think I heard Jeff Probst say it without the S at one we'll point. We'll get into what how Jeff Probst pronounces things during this season. Um, it's a problem. So here we are. Let's set the stage. We're coming off. Oh, by the way, I'm Brent. Uh, we're coming off Survivor Africa. Which had its moments, but it was uh, a a a visual slog to get through. Yeah, I would say a step back, you know, maybe a uh, or a stay in place. You know, the envelope really didn't get pushed forward. Mm-hmm. You know, so Survivor goes back to the drawing board. They're like, let's get back. Well, first off, their their solution was going to be let's go to Jordan, but then Survivor not- Arabia. But then 9-11 happened, and they said, maybe not so much. So let's instead just go back to the islands. And they go to Marquesas. An island in the middle of nowhere, the South Pacific. Do we even know what country Marquesas is in? I think it's French Polynesia. So, yeah, okay. Just just a territory then. Yeah. Okay. Um, Yeah, you are correct. So... It's like if you left, like, Sydney and went a thousand miles east. You know, that's how far out it is. Somewhere out there. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't yeah, know. This I'm is terrible the, at geography. No, that's right. The Marquesas Islands are one of the most remote island groups in the world, lying about 800 miles northeast of Tahiti and 3,000 miles away from the west coast of Mexico, which is the nearest continental landmass to them. Yeah, so basically, let's get as far away from anything post-9-11 happening Right, we can. Yes. So... They go back to the beach, um, which is a welcome, I think, location because you, you, we've got like water uh, challenges again, which are better than um, move a house down a hill, I think. <laughs> um, so uh, is there anything else that, that really is new about the season from a production angle? I mean, we have... They, they come up with the idea that you can, uh, they, they put them in different camps where each camp has a, uh, a different pro and a different con. The Maraamu tribe is put with a, a bunch of fruit-bearing trees, whereas they have a bad water source. Um, and the Rotu, on the other hand, has a waterfall, but no food. Um, so do you, that, do you think that mattered much? In in a season where I should say first they decided not to give any right. food I think to that either mattered. crowd, right? So you want the food, I would imagine. <laughs> yeah, I would think so. Um, I don't, you, you know, I guess they were like, we're gonna make it really hard, and you know, one camp. But on the other hand, like everyone's eating coconuts, but you in, you know, fruit and mangoes and stuff, and mm-hmm. it looks like the island, and that came across, but. You know, it ends up like everyone's basically, when you get to the end, everyone's kind of starving to death. Yeah. Yeah, this is at a time when, you know, when Survivor was super popular, so a lot of people, you know, uh, people on the street, as Jeff likes to call them, uh, would say, how real is this show? Like, how how legitimately hard is it? And there's people who question that. And I think maybe not giving them any food was just Mark Burnett's way of just being like, I'm going to show you how hard this is. 
<laughs> we're not even going to feed these people. We're just going to throw them in the jungle and see what happens. Um, so that was back when they were really, really focused on the survival, the survival element of the show uh, for um, better or worse. Um, also, another wrinkle for this season is this is the first season where someone could give away immunity. They're an uh, immunity necklace, which does not happen or matter. But yeah, shocker! But Jeff really wants it to. <laughs> you can tell at every tribal council, he's just asking somebody. No, he explains it. Explains it like eight ways to Sunday. Like mm-hmm. this is what this means now. You can you can give this to someone. Are you gonna do that now? And they're like, no, no, <laughs> no, thank you, Jeff. But then there's some weird negotiations with it at one point. Sean asks uh, Kathy for it, and he says, you know, if you give me that necklace, we're going all the way, baby. <laughs> it's, it's like, wait, wait, wait. This, you have to explain the middle part. <laughs> you have to explain what happens after I give you the necklace to from there till we're going all the way, baby. But, uh, yeah, nobody really knows what to do with that. For good reason. That's always been a weird wrinkle of the game that... It makes sense why it's available to the players in the rules, but it does not make sense why anyone would focus on it. You know, I guess they're, like, trying something new, you know? Let's add this in, you know? Um, I don't know. It never really pans out, you know? It never really works. It definitely works for some people later in the show, down the line. Oh, yeah. But not, uh, never for the person holding the necklace. This is never going to be a good idea. Um, although I think we do get a decent example. I think the best it ever works for someone giving it away is maybe in Amazon it happens. I think Jenna gives it away at one point. Oh, but well, anyway. We'll get there. Yes. Uh, so um, we also have the first uh, surprise twist in the rules, which is in the previous season's a a tie has been broken by past votes and then by a, a trivia challenge. Yep, a trivia off. And they were prepared for the trivia challenge this time. Yes, and they were. Instead, there this is the introduction of going to rocks. Yep, which is still a staple of Survivor to this day. Um, we'll get to that, I suppose, when we get to. Yeah, I mean, we should probably. Ad- yeah, we'll address it when we get to the, you know, how it where it happens and who it affects. But it is interesting that this is the this is the first example of people approaching the final four with a specific idea of how they think the game works and then survivor turning it on its head a little bit, yeah. which still happens in like heroes, you know, with the, the fire thing in heroes and hustlers or whatever. So yeah. uh but let's get into the cast. We're going to start at the bottom, and we're going to talk about why people lost. Peter Harkey uh, from Mara'amu. So, bowling alley owner from Massachusetts. <laughs> bowling alley owner. I mean, I guess someone has to own bowling alleys. Yes. Um, that might be why he's preoccupied with holes. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> bowling balls have holes. Um, Peter Harkey was doing... He was a little weird, but he was doing just fine. And then he started talking to his tribe, about how everyone has holes. Well, he started talking about how everyone was holy. Holy. You know, and everyone was like, wait, oh, in a spiritual sense? And he's like, sort of. <laughs> but mostly in a literal sense. Uh, and he's like, if you, 
I've only gained control over three of my holes, but if you gain control over all of your holes, you'll reach I full enlightenment. You, I think, I don't even know. Five, seven? How many holes do we have? Do we, I mean, it's not really a good podcast to count them up, but Peter sure did. <laughs> this was a, see the first, like, fish out of water, kind of? Like, one thing is not like the others, and that's Yeah, like, why. like, like. The person, because he's a, he was in good shape. He's a, he does like yoga, and you would think this guy would be helpful to a tribe. Totally. I mean, of all the, of a first boot, he doesn't fit the not physically fit, older, you know, I don't want to be mom to death. He just gets booted because he's weird. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's similar to Deb, maybe from Australia, but. Yeah, in just sort of that life. But he's he's certainly but more of an asset than Deb. Deb um, was throwing up all over the place, and Deb was sick. You know, Deb was a, a physical detriment to her tribe. Yeah. You know, we hadn't really... That wasn't... If that was the the criteria, it wasn't Peter. Oh, did she get sick too? I, I can't remember. Deb. Isn't yeah. Deb the one with the visor? No, Deb is the uh, prison guard from that was in Australia. You're thinking of the Africa's first boot, which is I oh kind I forgot that woman's name. Um, she was the one who Clarence gave cherries to because she was. Oh, uh, I'm getting all mixed up. Yeah, yeah. Um, Deb was sort of the same as Peter, though, which was well, not the same as Peter, but she was just sort of the the natural social outsider of the group. Ah, uh, I gotcha, gotcha. Um, so now we have two the social outsiders. Yes. Although you could say, like, who was it in season one? Sonia. Sonia fit every criteria. She brought a ukulele and started singing wacko songs. Singing about Prozac. <laughs> um, but Peter, yeah, Peter is a sort of a classic, though. Like, like you look at the cast in the preseason, and you're just like, this guy's a contender. And then you see him on day two talking, and you're just like, this guy's <laughs> gone. This guy is. Yeah. As Rob Mariano put it, this guy's a Fruit Loop. Yep. Um... Not a great uh, first episode for him. Next, we have another one from our Amu, Patricia Jackson, who they called, what, Mama? Yeah. So she was a truck assembler, and she is more of your classic first boot, um, even though she's second in this season, which is she's just, uh, she's the oldest, and she's not in great shape, and not, you know, in the elements aren't agreeing with her very much. I mean, there's not a lot to say about Mama Pat. Um, she has like a couple of moments. We can go over her highlight. Her highlight is smearing suntan lotion or getting Hunter to smear it on herself. Um, you know, and flirting with him. Isn't his name Hunter? Yes. Yeah, Hunter Ellis. So, you know, he's good looking and all and whatever. Um, so there's that moment. But she's like the classic example of she thinks she's going first. And then after three days... She she hides under the radar, and then, boy, when she doesn't get voted out, she reverts to, like, herself, and she becomes, you know, the bossy pants around the thing, and you need to be doing this, and she has the moment where she's telling Rob, like, where the, where the knife goes, and he's like, I got it, I got it, I know where the knife goes. Yeah. And so she... She's like, oh, I'm here to stay so I can, like, be myself. And, you know, that. And then she's soon gone. So, uh, look, this, this is fun. Peter's, uh, going back to Peter, his, uh, 
his luxury item was a bottle of cologne. Which, <laughs> of course it was. Of course it was, right. Um, so a bowling ball? But Mama Pat's was a lock of Arabian hair. What? That's a luxury item. Like, often? I don't know. Did she think going to Jordan, like, did she think they were still going to Jordan? Is that why she she maybe what is that? Is it horse hair? Maybe Arabian. That's what I'm asking. Is it a horse? Is a Arabian horse? Like, I don't know. I don't know. Can we find it on eBay? Sale. She was the first contestant from South Carolina, and as a result of her luxury item, the last contestant <laughs> ever from South Carolina. We're done with the palmettos. Uh, <clears throat> next up, we have uh, from also from Miami, a tribe that just kept losing. Um, we have Hunter Ellis. The ex-Navy fighter pilot and well, kind of golden boy of the season. Yeah, and this is, you know, you see people like Hunter, and we'll talk about like a couple other cast members later too. It like feels like they're trying to recreate some of the gold that they spun out of Survivor Australia with the cast. Mm-hmm. And he is literally like they're trying to cast Colby Light. Yeah, and, and he's wanting to be that too. And that's actually one of the things I kind of like about Marquesas is that it disrupts that from becoming a trend. From, like, Hunter showing up out there, building, working, doing a lot for his tribe, being Mr. Golden Boy, and then just just plowing his way all to the end, like right. Colby did. I'm glad that it fails miserably for once. Um, yeah, he gets, you know, outplayed by, like, members of his own crappy tribe, mm-hmm. you know? And um, I don't know. Is there anything we like other than we need to touch on with Hunter? Like, not really. Other than the fact of how early he goes out, because he is like, I think in the early seasons of Survivor, you you know you looked at people like, and I, I think a lot of the mindsets for for players was who is the strongest player, who is the strongest in challenges and at camp, and yeah. this was where that started to really. This was a disruption in that sort yeah. of mindset. Yeah, I mean, they basically voted out Captain America when their tribe was lose, gone to, had lost like every challenge up to that point. And it's like, why are you voting out your strongest member when like other people in your tribe like don't even want to swim? Right. You know, and I guess this signaled that like all bets were off. Like that really wasn't a strategy. You know, like the strategy really was make the merge, and mm-hmm. people were thinking about that. Right. If I can be the one of the two people to make the merge, I'll just do that. Right. It's almost like the this is a season where people are thinking about like how do I get to the end and win? Rather than like how do I get my tribe to the merge with the advantage. Right. They don't yeah. And it it I mean, you could argue that it it backfires on some people. I oh. think it kind of does. Yeah. You know. Um but, you know, if it's between you and you and your faction versus Hunter and his faction, someone's gotta go. Right. You know? Well, our next uh, boot from... Uh, so they switch up the tribes in the next episode, uh, but Maramu still loses, uh, and this time they lose Miss Cleopatra, Sarah <laughs> Jones, who um, honestly is best remembered as uh, for her entrance in the first episode yeah. and Sean's description of it, which is just, you know, like... And then, God, the camera... Whatever cameraman got that shot is just... He should just be given... Bought like Emmy. a steak dinner at least, <laughs> like by the uh, by production for capturing that shot of Sarah. Just so as they're rowing in, the entire tribe is just like 
trying to push this raft and they're just doggy paddling or swimming or rowing and then Sarah is just perched on top of it like a golden goddess. Yeah, she's raised above it, sitting on the chest that they're given and, you know, not even doing anything. Yeah. You know, just, uh, she, if they would have handed her suntan lotion, she would have spread it on right there. Yeah. Um, other than that, she provided a couple of pillows for Rob to lay on at night and uh, other, um, that's about all I can uh uh, remember from her game because uh, she did not really excel. She did not really work hard around camp, and then Hunter called her out for it. And then she kind of got that Lindsay thing where she was just like, somebody voted against her at one point in the Hunter, uh, the Hunter boot episode. She got the other votes, and she was just like, "I am not happy. They voted against me." It's like, well, what do you expect? You don't do anything. <laughs> What are you here for? Um, other than to look pretty and maybe become an actress. Uh, but so she got into Playboy. So maybe oh, mission accomplished. Yeah, on her. Did Rob talk about how like when they teamed up, she was a second vote for him? And like that's all. I kind of vaguely remember yes. that. This is early Rob Mariano strategy. Of, of, like he's, he's, he's got the makings. He's got the rough outline of a great survivor strategy even yeah. in this first season it's just so rough he just and and he's a little overzealous with it that nobody trusts him and nobody knows what to do with it but like sarah he he says i like sarah she's a second vote for me yeah and no one really i mean people talk about like the couple and how they don't but they don't talk about how they need to break the couple up do they i don't remember that no there's uh I don't think so at this point. Um, I think that it, here's what's funny: people don't. People are so worried about the word alliance mm-hmm. in this season. It is the prevailing ridiculousness of oh, our cases. Yeah, is yeah. how people are scared of the term alliance and how somebody says. I think Vesepia says oh, it in repeatedly. That, no, but in that those first couple episodes about Rob and Sarah, she says, "I don't know if they're becoming." romantic with each other or if they're forming an alliance Mm. and she's like i'm you get the sense that they're not concerned if if rob and sarah are becoming romantic it's not the red flag that it turns out to be later right it's a red flag if they are of an alliance um so anyway that's sarah's really only notable though for her entrance and then for how she kind of factors into rob's ultimate you know, strategy. Yeah. Um, well, next we get to uh, Gabriel Cade. Uh, our, our first row two. Yeah. To, to go home. Uh, let me ask you, did you, Gabriel know what, knew what show he was on? <laughs> Pardon me. Okay, so they switched the tribes up and at that point to a lot of people, it is game on at that point. And especially to John, who was in Gabe's original tribe of Rotu. Mm-hmm. And Rotu, in, along the way, while we've had all these Mara'amu boots, has been building this kumbaya sort of tribe. And it is probably helping them win these challenges and beat Mara'amu into the dirt. Yeah. And, but some people are like, maybe taking it a little too far, like how lovey-dovey they are and this society like Pascal and Gabe are two of the mouthpieces of 
you know, this is, I can't believe what's happening out here, that this almost society is forming amongst our ourselves and how we're all getting along. And, and they talk about how they have all these jobs and how everyone just, you know, without words, just falls into line and does their piece of work and everyone, it's like a well-oiled machine, you know, with string music in the background. And... I don't know what happens to Gabe, but once it's game on, John and his tribe, it is game on for him and starts thinking about the end game and comes to Gabe and says, you're with us, right? And Gabe responds, I'm not here to play the game. I'm here to build a society. He knows he has to go home in a month, right? Like, I that's don't a, know. <laughs> does Gabriel think he lives there? <laughs> So this is the most perplexing part of this season to me is like whether or not like Gabe to take Gabe for what he at his word. A part of me doesn't want to because I feel like in the in the reunion, Gabe talks about how Rob and Sean come to him and want him to flip to the other side or, you know, he had this chance to go with the other faction and he doesn't want to take that deal. But he doesn't feel like, maybe it's like he doesn't really want to start playing the game as hard as John does, and that's his way to shut him down. But boy, it sets off all kinds of alarm bells with John. Oh, yeah. And the moment you have a loose cannon, you have to think about starting to vote that loose cannon out, because John doesn't know which way he's going to vote, and that's what happens to Gabe. Yeah, it's... Uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to say about this guy. Uh, fun. But also, the other half of me wants to say, Brent, that he thinks that they get to stay in Marquesas <laughs> and build this tribe out in the woods and live there for the rest of their lives. But he also sees people disappearing, right? Does he think this is going to end in like a Blue Lagoon type thing with just him and don't know. maybe a cute girl to I don't just know. repopulate the earth after, I don't know. I maybe don't know. maybe building, building a society might have been more... Uh, on his mind after like 9-11 something like that like where he's like we need to focus more on not like the cutthroat aspects of life or this game but in, on the, the togetherness of this game yeah Gabe seems to be a throwback to the Colleen's and Je Greg's from from the first season oh, that man. really when the game started they thought it was ugly and didn't want to play it and like he wanted to cut that off at the pass he and, is like, a Pagong member through and through. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, like, yeah, there are certain people that go out there for the adventure, but what did he really think was going to happen? I don't really know. Yeah. Um, fun fact, Gabriel, uh, in 2012, 12, like 10 years later, he um, auditioned for Survivor and got all the way to the interview without anyone realizing he had been on before. Through <laughs> <laughs> the interview. So they were like, wait. Wait, you're a returning player? That's how little the casting department remembers Marquesas yeah. and Gabe in in, in particular. Um, yeah, I mean, when you flat out just say on day fifteen that I'm not gonna, I'm not playing. That's not why I'm here. That's not why I'm here. Well, then, yeah, go home. Yeah, <laughs> get off our show. <laughs> go live on the other side of the island by yourself. Um, Next, we have uh, someone who I think would have done better in the game if not for the, the unfortunate tribe swap, um, Gina from Maraamu, who yeah. wound up on the, the small tribe with three Rotu people that she got along great with, yeah. Nalia, Pascal, and Kathy. And the four of them were 
really tight. I loved when they won that that challenge, the one where yeah, that finally Mariamu wins. Yeah. yeah. Um it was great. I liked Gina. Gina actually had um she had the most um confessionals per episode while she was on. She was great TV. She, I, she's good TV. I mean, to me, Gina's the classic, I got dealt a bad hand, mm-hmm. you know, and like there was no edge of extinction, so she couldn't go to it. So guess what? Her Survivor game was over, and unfortunately, we never gotten gotten to see Gina again, you know? Yeah. Like, probably a Survivor, like in the handful or, I don't know, dozen, ten maybe people so far that we've seen that, like, you'd kind of want to see play again, but you never got a chance to see play again. Right. And they just got unlucky, you right. know? Yeah, she really liked Hunter. She's a big Hunter fan, right? Um, but she was like I said, she was a pretty good. And when we when we say she's great TV, it's it's not that she provides entertainment or drama. She's just a pretty good narrator, and she's a likable player. Right, you want to root for her. You do root for Gina, yeah. yeah. Um, but it just doesn't work out. Maramu loses again, and those three from row two are never gonna not vote out. Gina. It's just sort of a, we're she really just, sorry, we just... I mean, she just got bad hand after bad hand, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just, you just can't win. Right. Uh, anything else notable about Gina? I'm trying to see if there's anything on her page, but um, not really. Her luxury item was an adventure bag. I don't even know what that entails, but it's a way better choice than a lock of Arabian hair. Gabe's was a teddy bear. Gabe's is a teddy bear, which he brings to the reunion. <laughs> which may have had a better chance at winning Survivor than Gabe. The teddy bear was there to play. <laughs> um. <laughs> well, I mean, we're here. So we need to, let's fire away at the next guy. Here it is. Yeah. Boston Rob. Rob Mariano. His, this is a 25-year-old just... In such good shape, <laughs> Rob Mariano. Worth noting because uh, some people have remarked <laughs> in season, in much later seasons, about how Rob's Rob's got the body of a forty year old dad now. But yeah, I mean the Rob you see now ate this Rob. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um. Boy, what a lightning rod for for that season for Marquesas. Um, he is, he plays the hardest of anybody out there. Yeah, he and does. And that's why he is, we're yeah. talking about him now. Yeah, he does the most things with the least amount of time, let's say. Like, you know, I mean, he's gone at what? We're only six deep, you know? Mm-hmm. what? He's the seventh one voted out. Right. So... I mean, the first half of this is basically, I wouldn't say the Rob show, but definitely because his tribe is losing, because he has to do these things, because he's hooked up with with, um, with Sarah. He's gotten out Hunter, you know? Like, it's his, it's the Rob show so far. He's kind of Lex and Big Tom rolled into one for this season, which is just, yeah. he's, he's Mr. Running around, trying to control strategy for everybody out there. Yeah. And then he's, he's mis- he will confront you when he thinks it helps his game. And also he is, uh, the soundbite guy for the production. I mean, they must've cried when he left because yeah, my God, he had something to say about everybody. And a lot of times it's very, he was very, he it was over the line at times. Like when he asked oh, yeah. uh, John if he was gay. 
Oh, that's a, yeah. I mean, that's not a good look for him. Right. It's like, almost like, I don't know. The, it's like, I'm going to get one over on you right here at the end of this conversation. Let me tell you, know, and he's like, I'm trying to act like I'm the smartest guy in the room. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I, you know, you, hindsight being 2020, you just wish John had a better comeback for that. Right. Which was like, you know, something like, yeah, I am. You're not. You know, or something. Yeah, I mean, Rob comes on with, like, he's, he's comes on and he's, like, a cannon going off, yeah. you know? Um, and I'll give him, like, total credit for a lot of things that he does. Like, when Hunter pulls him aside and is like, stop chasing chickens in the woods, he realizes, okay, I just need to be a worker bee. And he vocalizes it and says, I'm just going to be the good boy that trudges around and gets wood. Yeah. And he does that for a while and sucks it up. You know, mm-hmm. he and Sean, there's, like, great scenes of them on the beach laying there talking about how, like, they just have to keep their heads down and work. Um, but Rob is... it. Rob needs a certain type of people for, like, his game to work on. And right now, like I said, it's kind of the primordial Rob, and it doesn't, it's not fully fleshed out. His strategy, and it'll get fleshed out in later seasons and work to perfection in, like, um, but it works some here, but doesn't work here, you know? like He is ahead of his time as far as his manner of play goes, because you're right, this is just, it does not work in the early seasons the way he, the way he plays, the way he's, just running around, uh, scrambling kind of from from the outset, um, and he is. Uh, I'm actually a little surprised he ever even got a call back to come back out for Survivor. Like, it, I think it really just boils down to how how polarizing he probably was, which is he had a lot of fans, and he was also probably the most hated person on this season uh, by fans as well. Like, it was probably a good mix of both. Um, yeah, I mean, in the reunion, you know, they talk about how, um, you know, Rosie O'Donnell's like, there he is with that million-dollar smile. So he's got that going yeah. for him. Um, you know, I, yeah, he's, I mean, he's he's good TV. He's great TV. Yeah. Which they have, Survivor figured that out, and they have just keep calling him <laughs> over <laughs> and over and over again over the years. But, uh, yeah, um Played played uh, too fast, I think, for the speed of Marquesas in general. Um. Yeah, he, you know, his his gameplay here is like when my back's against the wall, I'm going to get in the bulldozer and drive through the problem rather than work around it, mm-hmm. you know. And it just didn't work out for him. Um, he also maybe cut some of. Like, you know, we were talking about this pre-podcast. Like, maybe he had cut out some of the people that, like, could have helped him. Like, a Peter, you know. Um, I don't know if Hunter would have helped him at all. Like, but, like, maybe a Peter and a Pat, like, would have. Mm -hmm. And, like, maybe, I don't know, working something out to where the first boots weren't, like, people that could have helped him down the road. Yeah. And, like... You're right, like, someone, like, he gets Peter out because Peter's weird. And then you fast forward to his fourth season, and he finds the weirdest person that's ever appeared on Survivor. Right. And he carries that person all the way to the end. Yeah, he realizes that that person, I need to be sitting next to them at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Because no one's going to feel comfortable giving Peter a million dollars. Right. And no one's going to feel comfortable giving, you know, Philip Shepard a million dollars. So it's, uh, it, it is interesting. And Rob has good instincts out there. Like, he almost flips Kathy in this game. He almost gets Kathy. Well, he definitely throws a grenade into everything that seems to be honky-dory. At Road know? Um, the problem is, is that even with that, he threw a grenade while he was walking out the door. Yeah. Um, he didn't really have anywhere to run, like a, a group to run and vote with when he threw the grenade. Man, I would give anything for Rob to have been on this jury, though. Uh, just, it would have helped. It would have helped. Yeah. All right. So where we are at the final seven, uh, I'm not, no, no, I'm sorry. The final, um, 10, right? Nine. Nine. nine, nine yeah. Final nine. nine. I can't count. The okay. final nine. Um, we have a four-person alliance running the game. The Row 2-4. The Row 2-4, as they are known. And, boy, this is early. This is such an early early survivor thing. When four people in a group of nine think they are in charge. Yeah, and the head honcho thinks he's pulling all the strings. <laughs> it's like, how bad at math are you? Yeah. It's basically just like... How uncreative were the first two seasons of Survivor, which is all they had seen at this point. If they had seen uh, Africa, which they had not, if they had seen T-Bird running around trying to, T-Bird and Kelly trying to flip that game on its head, do you think they might have been more careful? Uh... Maybe. Because Africa almost flipped the script. Maybe. Brandon was the one person who kept Africa from, from yeah. taking that step forward. But the So here we are at this final nine, and there the uh, there's a reward challenge. And it's one of the most important reward challenges. This is the chopping the... Uh, you know, chopping the ropes on other people's names. They have three of them hooked up, and that, at three chops, like, you, you your coconuts fall, and you're out of the game. So, so the everybody pe- one by one gets to go up and chop a rope. And the order they get put out is like Sean, the sepia, mm-hmm. Kathy, then it's Pascal, Pascal and Malia. Malia. Yeah. And then the four of them basically just start celebrating at that point. And they're just like, well, we won. It doesn't can't, matter. Can't believe you. Like, man, you're just a dog chopping out Pascal like that. Yeah. Um, so those five realize that the four uh, are, uh, it's a it's the pecking order yeah. has been established. Yep. Plain and for them to see. So it's interesting then that, uh, that the row two four did not, which are, by the way, the row two four are John, Zoe, Tammy, and Robert, and AKA the general. Yeah. Um, Boy, those two also, especially John and Tammy in the their confessionals around this time of this this part of the season are just they are so predestined by God to win this game. You would think just like at one point he says in this episode, uh, John says, Pascal and Nalia are really doing a great job supporting me to win this game. Wow. If there's never, I mean, that's one of the most tone deaf, like. Yeah, John could see that, you know, he could see it from the finish line, you know, from this point. And it just really didn't think there was a challenge to get there. I have a question for you, though. Yeah. Let's say they keep Gabe and they vote out Rob. Mm-hmm. 
the boat before. Like when they switched to Rotu. Gabe was the bridge between Pascal and Nalia. Yeah. That was another thing that that that, that rubbed Pascal the wrong way about these. Oh, he these was four. really mad. God, if uh, I can't believe they did that to Gabe. What a he was what an outstanding young man. Yeah. That Gabe. And then you're just sitting there watching Pascal react like that and you're thinking, him? Really? Yeah. <laughs> Gabe? <laughs> but uh Gabe, there's nothing wrong with Gabe, but he's yeah. just it's like wow. You were really into that society thing. So, I mean, getting back, though, to the coconut challenge, what happens is, like, they all see it, and they all gang up on the Rotu 4, and John's the first to go. Yeah. And I guess it's a blindside that Pascal and Nalia finally switch. So, Vesepi and Sean have no other real no uh, other choice. Yeah. Um, Kathy kind of, de- she kind of looks at it from all sides, and she thinks that's the smart thing to do, but... The, question is are we going to pull in pascal and Nalia? and it's i mean pascal's not doing anything other than he if there's go back to john's comment about someone supporting me to win if there's anyone supporting someone to win pascal is just there to try to get Nalia to win it yeah. seems yeah. um but no so i think it, it's Nalia who really flips it yeah she's the one who, who comes to pascal and yeah, says listen aside in the woods we're fifth and sixth and over here we could be you know, we're on even ground with Sean and V. And so um, she, Nalia, makes the biggest move of the game. Um, At nine, yeah. And then, unfortunately, she kind of won't ever take credit for it uh, the yeah, way she should. She should have. She really should own that move. Yeah, definitely. She, I mean... The problem, though, with John going home here is this kind of starts the slog to the end. You have Rob going out, John going out at 10 and 9, and we're left with this, like, toothless Rotu 3 that, like, ugh. It's just, it feels like the next couple of episodes getting them out, and we'll talk about them, is just... Like watching paint dry. It is. It's the worst stretch of the season. It is. Uh, they do that thing that early survivors do, which is when they fall behind, some of them do just resign to accept their fate in a frustrating way. And they just, well, not not fully. They try. They, they try to, like, change yeah. people's minds. But for the most part, they spend more time being bitter about their situation than they do actually trying to make a case for why someone should keep them around. Right. They start to try to, like, turn this mirror on Pascal and Nalia, who kept saying, well, y'all are lying to us, and saying, but y'all are lying too, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, that's really not the way to ingratiate yourself back nope. into them, nope. you know? Um, Honestly, here's what they should have done. Here's what they should have done after they lost John. They should have gone to Kathy and said, you want to be, you want to replace John? You want to be in the four? Because those two couples are going to vote you out when you get to five. So you can increase your, they, you know, I think both sides should have used Kathy to kind of play against the yeah. middle um, to, to boost their strengths at times. But uh, instead they're just, they're just upset that they lost John because they had this, they, I think they viewed John the way that in Australia, that tribe viewed Scoopin, which was just sort of, He's our he's our guy. Maybe I'm thinking of that because I saw John bleeding a lot this season. But yeah. uh, um, 
they could have tried a lot of things. Like, I mean, when you immediately go to the bottom, you you try to find the crack in the alliance. So find the person on the bottom and convince them they're on the bottom. Mm-hmm. I don't know who that could have been. Or find the person that's the biggest target, like a Sean who turns out to be like a, he all of a sudden turns from a challenge like afterthought because he he doesn't want to do the challenges because he's losing into like dominating some of the challenges. Or you could have said, hey, Sean, like, you know, you're going to have a target on your back. People are not going to take you to four because you're going to win the challenge or take you to three because you're going to win the challenge, which ends up happening or, you know, well, we'll get ahead of ourselves, but I find the cracks, like find who's on the bottom, find who's like the biggest target and say, you're not going to make it without help. Right. You know, um, and they I, do none of that. And honestly, I think that makes their decision to, to target John all the more ingenious because John is the one who would have, I think, led that charge. Yeah, and it... John was a pretty good strategic player. He was right. just... He just... They got a, they got a, Which way is, too comfortable. Hence why the next three episodes suffer. Right. Because John would have been the one to go to and try to find those cracks. Um, instead... And maybe maybe Tammy, but Tammy can read the writing on the wall, the wall that she's not going to win. That she yeah. is now seen as the biggest threat yeah. uh, among them. And Zoe just kind of turns on the two of them and you know but zoe does it a little too hard like it's zoe thinks okay well we're losing what if i just pretend to have always been on the other side which doesn't really work out because zoe's the next one out yes. uh zoe just like walks up to tammy at one point she's like i've never liked you it's like oh my god she's really trying to to sow these seeds of Hey, I'm with them. I've always been with Vesepia and Sean and yeah. Malia and Pascal. Kathy. Yeah. I've always been there. What are you talking about? I've never. I was not one of the row two four. So I guess we're getting into the Zoe of it all. She's the next one out. She goes out at, what, eight now? Mm-hmm. Zoe um, finishes eighth. She uh, finishes eighth with five total confessionals to the camera all season long. Which is probably one more than she needed. Zoe was just there. Yeah. Zoe... It's like highlights of Zoe's season. She voted at every travel she went to. <laughs> so her strategy from here on out is to absolutely like uh, just tell everybody that she was never in this four-person alliance, that she doesn't know what they're talking about, um, that it had never existed on planet Earth. So that was her and I don't really know, and I guess win immunities, I don't really know. I don't think Zoe quite knew. I don't think, she never took a hard stance in literally any aspect of the game. She was never She was never quite with Gabe when it came to, I'm just here to build the society. And she was never quite with John, which is like, I'm here to like play, play. And she was just sort of she was like, I'll dabble in everything and just sort of float along. I think which was is Zoe's thing. Probably not a bad like it's probably a bad final two strategy. It's not a bad fi- modern final three strategy. You're probably gonna get third. You're gonna be a no vote finalist, but you're gonna get there and like occupy a seat. Mm-hmm. Um and you know, win that money. It's weird. Zoe's of her five confessionals, she probably said in each one, like, how determined she was to win this thing and how she was playing hard, and it's really hard to see. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, also, Zoe's last name is Xanadakis, making her ZZ. Um, 
Next we have Tammy, another bitter Road 24 person who's just um probably the most vocally bitter of what yeah. happened. Yeah. Um, um she was one of the four. <laughs> what else is there on Tammy? She was she was good at, at challenges and stuff. Incredibly physically fit. Mm-hmm. She's probably still screaming right now after her victory in that one challenge. God, that was like took forever. That was like the nine thousandth time I, my eyes rolled during the season. So just a you know, um, there were a lot of post challenge celebrations that were a little bit much. Like, what did you win for that? I mean, at least like one person won a car, but like, I guess her life was on the line, you know, or survivor life was on the line at that point. But it just meant that someone else was going home. Mm-hmm. You know, when she won that challenge. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I I wanted to like Tammy. I've always I thought Tammy was cute when I first watched yeah, the yeah, season. Yeah, totally. And um but I don't know, she just never really kept and maybe it was just she just never captivated captivated the cameras enough to like get more confessionals or I always had a hard time, and I still have a hard time, pinpointing sort of the story of Tammy's season, out if there is one outside of just Row 24. Yep. There's not really much I have to add, though, about Tammy. She was, you know, the victim of Zoe's, like, I never really liked you, and then she got a confessional saying Zoe was a bitch, and, like, that was about, you know? Yeah. I don't know. That was basically her highlight. So, that brings us to the general. Rob, this is his name? Robert. Robert DeCanio. Okay. He is a limo driver from New York, not a general. Why was he called the general? He has a tattoo of a general. So people called him the general. Uh, His luxury item was a voodoo doll, which he brought intending to represent the the opposing tribe. Yeah, I remember that. It's clever. Yeah. You know, kind of worked. Um, so Rob the was a good guy. He hung out. He worked hard around camp. You know, when the row two was building a society, he was one of the. Oh, I see the general now. He was one of the worker bees. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you know, he's a very blue collar guy. I think like that comes across in it. Like he probably, you know, he probably. Um, connected with a lot of Survivor fans probably at the time, you know, like they could be like, oh, you know, he's kind of like me, you mm-hmm. know. Um, that, that's about it for the, for the general. Like when his game blew up in his face, like he basically turned into a pouty baby. He did try to get, he had probably the best idea what you were talking about. Let's pull Kathy aside. Yeah. And he maybe if he hadn't had Tammy right there, like and they were ganging up on Kathy when they tried to talk sense into her, or at least the sense they wanted to talk into her. It may have worked, but it didn't. You know, maybe the problem is that is uh, Tammy winning that immunity, and if Tammy had gone first, then maybe him and Zoe could try to pull in Kathy. Uh, although you're still gonna need you're need gonna need to break up Pascal and Malia and and Sean and Vesepia, and by that point it was pretty cemented. So. Yeah, I don't know. They they kind of he can't he figured out the Kathy aspect, but it was too late. Yeah, too late in the game. Um, yep. Well, and thus ended the like 
you know, the midseason, the, the lambs being taken to the slaughter, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, at least we got to the end game after the rest of the row two four were gone. Yes, these were definitely the four, the three episodes after after John goes home. So the the Zoe boot, the Tammy boot, and the Robert boot are the three episodes where I'm just like just looking at articles on my phone reading about sports <laughs> watching doing chores you're like looking at walls in your house wondering is it about time that I put up some wallpaper maybe? right like it, it's you're looking for chores you're not doing chores you're just like what can I do to right. get the boredom of these episodes <sighs> you know out? I should probably clip my nails right yeah. now this would be better. But then we get to the final five, and it's an interesting setup at this point because you have uh, Pascal and Nalia, yep. who have been together from the beginning. You have Vesepia and Sean, who, despite what they say, have been together from the beginning. Yes. And then you have Kathy, kind of floating in the middle. Yeah. And, uh, but then you get to this really weird uh, discussion at tribal council. No, it's either at tribal or at camp it's or a recurring. God, discussion. they just won't shut up about yes. how. Um, and you go from clipping your nails to like and thinking about wallpaper into just. Uh, I don't know if it's like really painful, but it's just. It's not the greatest down the stretch, you know. It is interesting from afar. I like it. Is interesting to see how these five are going to handle this. And I think it is handled in a relatively interesting way. But the problem is, is when you when you are sitting there watching it, and the forest looks good, the trees do not. I think for this right. final five, which is they spend so much and they get nasty with one another. Pascal and Sean, who have been you know became really close buddies, and are and in the reunion are yeah. It's just this moment in time they. They're just snapping, snipping at each other yeah. constantly. And, uh, God, the alliance talk. These people are so scared well, of the word that, alliance. But the the possible, like, racial implications of which way Kathy votes. Oh, right. It becomes debated over and over. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, you know, I, I'm not saying that these things shouldn't be talked about, but I just, like, uh, it just got to be, like, I don't know, Well, you know, Sean, Sean says that, well, first off, let's, let's, this, this alliance thing. Um, Pascal and Aaliyah say, we're not in an alliance. We just promised we'd never vote for each other. Right. What do you think it is? What do you think an alliance is at that point? Yeah, I mean that's basically an alliance. They don't say that they're always going to vote together. True. They just say they they'll just do. never write the other person's name down. <laughs> and they just also discuss their votes and, and it yeah. is it is one of the strongest two-person alliances in Survivor history and they won't call it that. But and also Sean and Vesepia say we don't have an alliance. Why do you think we have an alliance? Didn't how do Sean and Vesepia do they ever vote I think they vote different ways once. She Vesepia flips on Rob. Vesepia does flip on Rob, and that's the last time they they don't vote together. Yeah, it is the only time they don't vote together. Because Vesepia they vote together one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, um, ten times. Yeah, and so one out of the ten they don't vote together. So they are effectively an alliance as well. And 
they're clearly not going to vote for each other. So, and they're they're mad that people are bringing it up. They're really mad, and they're accusatory of saying just because we're African Americans doesn't mean we're going to be in an alliance together, which is true, and that's a good point that Sean makes. Like a lot of people do assume that in Survivor seasons, when you have two people of you know a very like race yes or whatever and and they're sort of isolated in that way they think that those people are going to naturally buddy up no the reason they thought when the final five that sean and sepia were in an alliance together is because they were voting together and continually throughout the entire season yeah they were in an alliance is why and so it's completely ridiculous that they got so upset over that um, I mean, they're they're not like coming to blows, but they're they're having harsh words with each other. And like like you were saying, like Sean and Pascal have like formed this father son bond at this point mm-hmm. that like you can see, you know, visibly see how connected they are yeah. and how much they love each other. And like they're coming to like verbal blows with each other about like <coughs> like. Stop saying I'm in an alliance. You're just saying I'm in an alliance because we're both black. And, you know, it was a little upsetting to Pascal that, you know, he would say that. It it gets kind of ugly and it gets just kind of, you know, and also you have Kathy's caught in the middle and you kind of feel for her. And also factor in that we're 33, 36 days in at this point and this is the one of the hungriest seasons. These people are, are really pushed by yeah. starvation more than more than most seasons of Survivor. So that adds to the nastiness too. Yeah. I think that that's why the the fuses are just tiny. Yeah, and you could probably also throw in the this it turns out that there's a lot of people's religion talked about on the show. Vesepia is being one. Sean talking about it too. I mean, there are multiple challenges where they win and God is great. Mm-hmm. And you know, you you're, you know, whatever. You're you're pontificating this holy <laughs> attitude, yet you're walking around the woods de- denigrating Nalia by saying that little Mormon girl. Right. And it goes, cuts both ways. Mm-hmm. I mean, Pascal turns fairly ugly at this point, too. Mm-hmm. It's a chink in the Pascal armor, mm-hmm. who's, you know, one of the great guys of all time on Survivor. You know, it's just not a real good look. It's not a... It's it's really can we get to the end and finish this? Right. I don't really. I didn't, at this point I didn't really care who won. You know, yeah. Um, so Kathy sides with uh, Pascal and Malia this time, and she votes out Sean, uh, which is probably a good idea because Sean's the best. I mean, if Kathy, I think Kathy is the most interesting player at this point because, uh, well, first off, Sean is just going with the Sepia. Yep. No, but they're pa- not in alliance. Pascal and Nelia are going with each other. And Vesepia, I think, is mostly going with Sean. But mm-hmm. I also think that of those four, Vesepia is the one who might have like flipped on her person at some point. I don't yeah. think she necessarily would have, but I think she's more open to it than Sean, uh, Sean, Nelia, or Pascal. Yeah. Um, so Kathy, though, she's sitting here. What do you think Kathy's best path to victory is? At well, five? I think she had to get out Sean. I mean, Sean wins... The car mm-hmm. in the challenge at five, he absolutely crushed the field. Mm-hmm. Like he and Jeff were like basically it was this 
uh, how would you describe it? Like they had to do certain tasks, but also run through the woods. Yeah, and do, and several stations of an obst of of like a a, a series of uh, uh, challenges, and Sean was just like two two challenges ahead of everyone else. Like it was people were still putting, putting together puzzles and untying ropes, and he was on the third station. He was like done, and people were. I don't know. They I mean, couldn't. Even, they weren't even there to watch him win. To watch him, yeah, win the car because Jeff had to like. Not call even him. in the frame. They may not have been on the same side of the island. Right. Jeff had to like over. call back. He was like, "Hey, everybody, stop!" Sean yeah. won. I mean, he just so like that had to have been like food for thought for Kathy. Like, if the next two challenges are physical in any way, and you know one of them is. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not going to beat Sean. Right. Um, so, you know, Sean probably had to go. I mean, we could talk about Kathy, the rest of Kathy's path, you know, when we get to her, but like. Um, well, also, you think that like maybe Vincepia might be one of the tougher people to beat in challenges. So get out her biggest fan to get out her voting partner because right. you can beat Pascal. Kathy can in anything at this point. And she she probably thinks, yeah, I got a shot. I can beat Nalia in a lot. And she had. She beat Nalia in the like the running with the idols challenge or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. Um, so yeah, she had she had beaten them both, you know. Right. So she gets rid of Sean. Not a not a bad decision. Um so the one thing I do think though is then at Final Four, I wonder if she needs to get rid of Vesepia. Because, um, well, she can't, though, I guess, at Final Four. Nope. Let's get into it. What happens at four? Vesepia wins. Do you yeah. think Kathy would have taken out Vesepia then? And just because, because then you get two people. Possibly, yeah. Sean is voting for Vesepia to win the game, yeah. no matter what. And if you take Vesepia out of the equation, then you get, you go from zero votes to two. Potentially, because you can't, you don't want to split up. Um, you don't want both. Uh, right, I hear what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, yeah, like, you, and also, like, she's not the one that has the blood on her hands that turned on John. It's she was always. They never really counted on her. She was always the odd man out at row two. You know, Kathy could have almost swept the jury, except for whoever she was, who whichever couple she split up. I mean, Zoe openly talks at the end about the two people sitting there weren't the people that deserved to win the game. It was Kathy. Yes. So she probably had the row two four, like, there. She, yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, I've got words for Kathy when we get to, you know, superlatives, so I'll save it for that, but, yeah. Well, we get to the final four, and uh, Vesepia wins, which means, well, you know Pascal and Nalia are voting for you, Kathy, so... Uh, Kathy wins immunity, also. No, oh, Nali, I mean, uh, Vesepia wins the immunity, yes. Yeah. Um, so when V wins, it's, well, two to two, and let's go for the... Um, well, it's not really two to two. Kathy makes a deal with Vesepia uh-huh. and says, I'll vote with you. Right. And force two to two, thinking it's a tiebreaker challenge, tiebreaker. And therein lies the tiebreaker that we get. The tiebreaker because she could have gone with 
someone else. Well, it's her, though. It's Vesepia who has to choose to make the tie. When True. You, when you've got an Aaliyah She basketball. comes to her with the offer. That's right. That's right. Kathy's already got two votes against her right. as soon as Vesepia wins immunity. She says to Vesepia, I'll let's vote together and force the tiebreaker with the odds of getting one of them out. Which may have not been a good idea for Vesepia, but Vesepia takes it. Right. Um, yeah. So, uh, surprise, not a... Um, not, not a trivia contest. Not a trivia contest either. Yeah. This is gonna be a rock draw. Yep. Three people drawing rocks, Pascal, Nalia, Kathy. Purple Rock loses, and the purple rock is in the hand of the honorable Judge Pascal English, Thomas to Georgia. Who immediately collapses to the floor yeah. when his like purple rock is a there. sniper takes out Pascal as soon as he reveals the rock. And he is on the, he, he does it for comic effect, I think. Uh at that point, it's just sort of. I think it's also like the journey. This crazy journey's over, you know. Never got a vote against him. Yep, never got a vote. Um, so Pascal, what was your? How did you feel about Pascal in this game? You know, Pascal. Pappy. Pappy was, uh, a good. He's another one of the harken back to the Australia cast. I think like casting him like was trying to get the Roger Bingham of it all. Um. I, he's such got such a smooth voice. I mean, he's like listening to Shelby Foote on the Civil War, the Ken Burns Civil War. I mean, I could just listen to him all day, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I think Pascal has like a lot of the, the moments on Survivor that like pull on the heartstrings and he's great for that. Um, Yeah, I... I enjoyed watching most of Pascal's game. A lot of it wasn't game. Like, he, along with Nelia, like she says, we didn't start playing until day 24 when they sneak off into the jungle and they decide to turn on John. Um, so up to that point, like, he's also really frustrating, though. Like, why he can't get over, like, the Gabe vote. Yeah. Um, why he turns so just curmudgeonly about the Sean and Vesepia of it all. Mm-hmm. Um, he has his low moments, but he also has some great high moments. And he's over it by the time he gets, uh, by the time the final tribal rolls around. I mean, yeah. he's just a, he's a big fan of Sean and Vesepia and Nalia and Kathy too. He just, and, and Gabe, he just loves people. I think. He does. Um, so. He also personifies like how they probably made a mistake with the food situation out there because he can't make the next tribal council because he's been hospitalized for dehydration. Yeah. Um, he's just, he's passed out on his way to the next tribal council. He collapses on the way to tribal, yeah. I believe. And so, yeah, they, uh, uh, so but he's, it's so he's like the, you know, survivors like, I don't know, let's, let's try to almost kill somebody. And Pascal's the poor guy. Right. Um, final three. So we get the final three, Kathy, Nalia, and Sepia. And the final three tri- or, uh, challenge is, is the classic survivor. Stand yep. on a perch, put your hand on the thing, last one standing wins. Yep. And uh, Nalia, sweet Nalia, just trying to be helpful. Was just, she? I think she was. I think, I think so she... There's, here's the thing. There's just nothing... 
I really don't think there's anything duplicitous. There's not a duplicitous bone in Aaliyah's body. Yeah. I think she is just, she is the, she is really the aw shucks sweet yeah. girl that she was on that season. Um, but she looks at Kathy and she's like, your, your blouse is hanging open. Yeah. She's basically like, Kathy, your boob is about to jump out. Kathy's like, thank you. And as she's adjusting it, she falls. Because yep. they've been up there for two hours, three hours. And so um, with that, uh, and then, boy, Kathy, the the body's not even cold yet, really. And Vesepi has already struck it up a deal with, uh, with Nalia. She can't even get an adjuster seat, you know. And, um, you know, Vesepi is striking up a deal with Nalia to, to the finals. Yeah. And she's like, I'll step down. You take me. Yeah. So, uh, not much Kathy can do about that. No. Um, so Kathy is voted out third. Um, Kathy, what a, I, I love Kathy. Yeah, what a run. I mean, from the she, beginning when she was irritating people in the first few days and it looked like she might be not long for the season. Yeah. To basically, it's almost the proto David Wright approach, which I don't think you haven't seen. Millennials versus Gen X, but he's a guy who is almost voted out in the first episode, and he's his tribe mates are just like, God, I don't trust this David guy. Yeah. Uh, and then boy, he just really blossoms in the elements. Yeah, she's the quintessential outsider that turns into probably the the, you know, she's the color bearer for this season. You know, she's probably the best arc. Yes, she is the protagonist of the season in my eyes. Yeah, and she is. We kind of see the season through her eyes. We, it's her journey that we follow. <clears throat> and, uh, <coughs> excuse me, she she comes up to short, as a, as is going to be the case for a lot of protagonists in Survivor. Yeah. Um, a lot of them finish third. Lex, I think, is arguably the protagonist of Africa. Has a similar thing, happenstance, happen on the final thing, you know? Mm-hmm. He's sick and has diarrhea and is thrown up and all that crap, and he just, he's so weak he can't do it. Sometimes Kathy's, the, Kathy's blouse is open. Sometimes the protagonists win, like Richard Hatch, and sometimes they they finish second, like Colby Donaldson. Right. And then sometimes they finish, very often they get voted out third because everybody, even though this isn't exactly why Kathy loses and gets voted out, but she is the person who probably would have won the game. Yeah, totally. And uh, she is the smart choice to be sent home at three because... Uh, because of, of how she would have done in front of the jury. But she's the narrator for the season, I would say. Mm-hmm. She's she really you really track the the strategy of the season through Kathy's eyes. Even when it's like Nalia making the big move at final nine, it's Kathy who really like talks to us about it. Yeah. And she's the unfortunate soul that's stuck in the middle of two alliances multiple times and you know, what do you what do you do? And she talks out what do I do? She's very similar to T Bird too, in uh, when it when it comes to weighing her like what is best for her. She's there to try to win, and yeah. she's she is going to like discuss um, kind of to the camera. I love it when people try to talk through their strategy to the camera, and she she does a lot of that. And Kathy, um, to the extent that this season is watchable, I think it, it owes a lot to Kathy. Oh yeah. It owes a ton. She gets me through a lot of episodes of this season. So um, that leaves us with our final two of the Sepia and Nalia. Going into this, I mean, first off, it's it's a pretty underwhelming final two. Yeah, it's a kind of a letdown. Yeah, I mean, if 
if you're going to pick the two at, at like nine or ten that you'd want to sit at the end, you know, I maybe would have said Kathy and John. Kathy and John or at ten, Rob. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, even Kathy and Sean would be interesting. Sure. To watch. But, but no, Nalia and Vesepia, it's just like the two sweet people out there. Vesepia is really nice, and Nalia is really nice. And they're both just nice. Yeah. And they I both mean, are just r- real caring, and that's it. Um, I think Vesepia in Final Travel owns her game a little more. She says, my strategy was, and she she <laughs> defines her strategy well, yes. which what she says, I waited for people to come to me, and then I basically just would get myself into alliances yeah. by other people coming to me with them. And she was playing under the radar. And I think that's a, a quiet game. I don't think it was a particularly strong social game. I think she was just sort of non-threatening. And It's almost like <clears throat> a she had a baseline social game and an anti, but also an anti-social game, and that's how it worked. Mm-hmm. A lot of times you just saw Vesepia sitting by herself, like taking notes and reading her Bible away from everyone else. And by keeping her head down the whole way, she made it to the end. And in a season that tended to punish those who created drama, uh, you know, those would be the people that would be targeted by yeah. votes. Uh, it is fitting that the woman who just kept saying, too much drama, uh, would go on to win. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it was, you know, to talk a little bit about Nalia, like, I mean, think maybe she won because of, like, in a numbers game, she happened to be the last one standing, you know? Um, yeah, easy to say, you know, Pascal drew the rock, you know? Um, it could have been her. could have been Kathy, you know? Um, I don't think... I think Pascal probably also would have been the first one to fall off of the, the, the thing. Yeah. But Nalia may have hung on to the end there and taken Pascal with him. Yeah, she's not making um, that deal for against Pascal. Right. Think. So... Nalia's, it's a poor final travel performance for Nalia, only because I don't think she realized that this game was maybe winnable. Winnable if she just grabs it. It's there for the taking. Uh, Vesepia does about as much as she can. The problem is that Nalia um, could have gone and won the game, but people didn't just naturally respect Nalia enough to just give her the game. Yeah, I think there are two people at the end who are like, my vote is so up in the air because neither of these people is deserving mm-hmm. that like it's only going to take them like saying they're sorry or explaining one thing about their game that that sets them apart and I will give them the million dollars and that's what happens with John and he basically says that he's like these two bing bongs are not deserving and I and Vesepia wins him over by literally saying I had a some sort of strategy. Right. And she also, Vesepia, does a good thing of, in her opening statements, say, I didn't come out here to ride coattails. And Nalia doesn't help the fact that I saying I didn't start playing this game until day 24. So she's basically saying two-thirds of this game I wasn't in it. I don't know why they thought that was a good thing to say. Why do people... I mean, I understand that back in the early seasons that there would be moments in the show which would wake people up kind of just like shake them. Yeah. And I get that she's she's not lying. I mean, she's being honest, which yeah. is just like she was just row two. It was just row two, row two, row two until that point in the game. But 
when you keep saying I wasn't playing until day 24. And then to follow it up with, and then when asked what decision, asked by Kathy, what decision did you make on your own? She never says I made a decision on your own, on our own. She always says, well, me and Pascal decided. Yeah. And people are going to assume, for whatever reasons, that Pascal was the, you well, know. Well, they're going to assume at least 50-50. At least 50-50. Even though Nalia should have, even though Pascal was really the much more passive he was, player. Yeah, he was in the passenger seat on that. Yeah. She should have said it was my idea. I pulled him aside. Yes. And if she does that, there's a chance she flips the Route 2-4 in the vote. Well, yeah. she only needs to flip three because Zoe voted for her. Yes. Um, she loses 4-3. All she needs to do is Get one person. She flips one vote, and she's there. And I, all she needs to do is tell John, "I realized where we were in the pecking order. You were the biggest. You were going to win this game. Stroke his ego. You were going to win this game. You were the biggest target at nine. You see how it played out. We realized that you were the brains of the operation, or something. And like it was not going to. They were not. Whatever. Yeah. You know. And she can't do that. Yeah. Find the biggest ego in the jury and stroke it, and she wins the game. Yeah, it may have been like one of the closest votes. Yeah, you know, it was 30, 40 seasons. 40 it was, seasons. It was four three. Two of the votes were predecided. I mean, Pascal gets up. I mean, and, it came down to one response. Yes, that's what I mean. Like yeah. a four three vote with one thing said differently, mm-hmm. or two or three things. Right. You know? I also, uh, you know, like <laughs> Pascal gets up at the final travel. It's just like, I got, I really got nothing to say other than. You two, you are two fine young women. I just say uh, you're fine, upstanding young women. I love you both. I'm definitely, obviously, voting for Nalia. <laughs> and Sean's just like, I don't know who I'm gonna vote for. And then he gets to the voting booth, and it's like, we did it, Vesepia. <laughs> it says we did it, Mister. We're not in an alliance. Says we did it. Um, well, should we get to the winner? I mean, we have these things in the gauntlet. We're gonna sure. Say. So Vesepia is. Um, we, we've kind of already talked about her game plan and her strategy. What's her biggest move in the game? I think her biggest move, um, uh, when they have the tribe swap and she ingratiates herself, at least more so than Rob and Sean. <laughs> yeah. And, like, Sean even vocalizes and says, I don't know where her head's at. Right. And it may have been her biggest move was voting for Rob. You know, like, other than, like, winning challenges that she had to win at the end, you know? Like, right. her her biggest, like, non, like, you know, win this challenge, you survive kind of move was probably at least, like, ingratiating herself into that Rotu alliance mm-hmm. um, to where, like, you know, Sean brings it up. He's like, I don't know what. She's, like, she's acting like she's friends with them, which is exactly what you have to do in Survivor, you know? Did she ever have a, a moment of, of like where she needed to, where things didn't go her way and she needed to kind of scramble? Other than it was just, well, I don't know. It was, it was Nalia who, who I mean, because Vesepia and Sean just basically put the offer out at final nine. And it was just up to Nalia to accept it. I think her biggest scrambling moves where you see like the seams start to fray a little bit is at five when she starts to play the whole you need to vote with us to Kathy card. And it doesn't really work out for her, but it's a, it's, I don't know if it's a winning scrambling move, but it was a scrambling move, you know. Oh, or to just get herself into the final two, the deal with Nalia, I yeah, think. Yeah, or the deal with Kathy that she 
turns back, you know, turns mm-hmm. on Kathy on. Right. Uh, did you think that either of them had a, I don't think either one had a particularly strong final travel performance, even Vesepia. She did fine. I mean, it was just like, just, just be better than the other guy. Just don't bury yourself like Nalia did. That's <laughs> yeah. pretty much all you have to Basically, do. you know, um, she, yeah, she, yeah, that's a, I, I don't even know how to put it into words. Like, I don't think she, yeah, I don't think she really was blowing people away. Mm-hmm. Um, it was an underwhelming uh, final travel and winner and uh, not in the way that she didn't deserve it. Uh, she did with the way the game played out. It was just uh, not exciting TV. Exactly. Because yeah. Vesepia is maybe the one of the least exciting winners of Survivor. Well, she says, like, okay, at least I came in with a strategy. Yeah. But her strategy was to basically hide. Yes. And, like, that's just not great. Just bust her bluth in it. Oh, she's just hiding behind trees. Right. Just, yeah. like, writing in her journal. Taking notes on people. Um, so, let's get to our <clears throat> superlatives. Well, first off, where does Vesepia rank in our winner ranking so far? I, you know, she should probably get a little bit more benefit of the doubt, but the problem is we're left with what we can see, and what we can see is not a whole heck of a lot. Right. So I can only judge her on that, and she's non-existent at, like, large portions of this season. So, yeah, she survived the end, and she won challenges when she had to and made some of the right Mm -hmm. deals and survived Final Tribal Council, but still is pretty low. Um, I would think fourth, fourth yeah. out of four so far. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, let's get to our superlatives. I'm ready. All right, who's your favorite player who didn't make the jury? <laughs> you want to go first? I mean, it's first off, it's Rob. That's Rob Mariano. Fine, sure. It's but um, I think I got to put an asterisk next to Rob because it's just like, well, there's a there's a Survivor legend who didn't make the jury in this season that so obviously outshines the rest. So beyond Rob, it's Gabe. Gabe. No, (laughs) no. Come on. Brent. Incorrect. Brent, I'm not doing a podcast. I'm here to build a society. What is he doing? I just, for the humor of it all, who else am I supposed to pick from? These bing bongs? Gina. I like Gina. Gina's, Fine, yes, it's Gina. Come on, can it Peter. be Gabe? <laughs> can it be Gabe? It can be Gabe. You can pick whoever you want. Gabe is still... I just picture him still out on that island with his teddy bear going, guys, where'd you go? He's there 18 He's years later. Wandering around in French Polynesia. Okay. Uh, did you have a favorite tribal council? Uh, I mean, by default, I mean, I guess it's the purple... Rock. Purple Rock's my pick too. It's the most dramatic. They're they're not this isn't there's just not a lot of highlights here to pick from. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem with Marquesas, you know? Right. As a whole. I mean, I guess we can get into that later. But it's the purple rock just for the drama of it all. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot, you know. There's deals being done. There's uh the rock draw itself, you know, and Pascal fainting, you know, all those things. Do you have a favorite challenge? Like I said, there's no. Oof. The, this that, is a season devoid of drum, dramatic there's challenges. There's a lot of bad ideas this season for challenges from the team. Like the stilts. Oh. 
That's horrible. Ever, it's just like t- Tammy Wombats is staying on them for a, more than 30 seconds. Yeah. Everybody instantly falls. All these shaky, hungry people. Let's put them on stilts and see if they can just teach themselves how to walk on stilts real fast. One, one challenge is go fly a kite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a it's kite. That's Fly right. a kite. That's right. Oh, I forgot about the kite. There yeah. is just, boy, there's not a lot to pick from here. I'm going to pick the coconut chop just for the way it altered the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this may have been the first time you see this, where you see the pecking order like laid out. You know, you, you it becomes a recurring theme, you know? There's a, I think there's, a, there's an Africa one where they shoot each other's, uh, they, they like have like a slingshot thing where they is shoot. Is it as detrimental though? No. As this one is? No. That's what I mean. Like this one, it's like really lays it out. Like Vesepia, Sean and Pascal are sitting on the stumps after they're put out. And like, I can't remember. I think it might be Sean says, and this is how it's going to end up. Yeah. And like, that's when the light bulb goes off, you know, for Pascal. How can he not see it before? But, you yeah. know. Uh, that I don't know. How about you? Um, I picked the boat race, which uh, only because of its weird photo finish that had to go back to oh, the that's replay. right. When uh, well, first off, uh, Probst announces that uh, Mara Amu has won, and um, Kathy screams something, or Rodu has won. Yeah, and uh, or whoever it is wins. Uh, this is after they swapped, I think. Yeah, it's it is like, after they swapped. Kathy's like. The general's not there. The general didn't yeah. make it up. And uh, hey, they have to have everybody at the flag. And then they're like, and the boat's not close enough. Yeah, and, and Jeff's like, go measure and it. Jeff goes, he's like, hang on, hang on, everybody. Oh, this God. is this is Jeff Probst taking control for the, one of the first times. After he's bungled the whole rules of it all. And so he, he goes and he's like, he, he, measure, he pulls this chain. I didn't even remember the chain being involved. Well, there you go. And the, he pulls this chain over and he's just like, the boats have to be. Within one chain length of the post. And he pulls it over and he's like, this boat is not close enough. Rotu wins or whoever. And it's just the the flip of the, the reversal of the decision. It's like the pine tar incident of Survivor. It's just the other tribes. Like, go that. home. So that's my favorite challenge. It's also, a good one. also the, the, the reward challenge of uh, Pascal and Sean paired up. Where they they win the coconut water challenge and then they tackle each other and they go rolling around on the beach like it's from here to eternity and uh, they're just so happy. Yeah, it is a great moment. It's one of Pascal's great moments. Um, Also, uh, since it did come up earlier, it leads to the very funny horseback. um, Oh my god! Yeah, of Sean complaining about his balls. Not only that, but the horse starts biting the other horse. He's like, they're biting each other. The What's funny is he's so scared to say balls on TV. Sean is. He's, I know. But he gets on and you can you can see it's clearly a concern for him. He's he's like, My my balls. <laughs> but, but my my balls hurt. He's and he's he's it's because he's not in a saddle because Sean's horse got out of control, so he had to go <laughs> sit behind a tribesman from yeah. uh Marquesas and uh but then they go and have they have a great time at the feast and everything. It's great. Um but the how about best jury member? Okay, so parenthetically on our gauntlet, it says due to insight or entertainment value at the final travel with the council. I'm going with entertainment value I'm on this one. Zoe. I'm going with Zoe. Zoe. God. Zoe is going okay, Zoe's I have a theory that Zoe's not human. Like that she's 
from another planet. She's going full alien at this point. It is so great to watch. Uh, <laughs> oh man, there's not a lot great to watch about Zoe. She, but she's she's literally full alien here, and that's why I picked it. And the rest is just like there are people that are bitter, and there are people that just ask these questions that aren't going to get answered. And it's like get this over with, you know. But Zoe, come on. Okay, I get that. Um, for me, it was just finding, trying to find someone who wasn't the worst. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, first, I'd like to highlight Tammy and how much, right out of how, the hard, how hard I rolled my eyes at Tammy yeah. in the final trouble when she says, "We had a good thing going. You know, you you guys got to the jury stage, but then you got greedy." Yeah, I was like, "Go fuck yourself, Tammy." I know. I couldn't you believe. got greedy. Like they owed, like they all came here. They all like, like put their lives some, like, on hold. Deal and, to go out at six. And got on a boat and go to the, you know, ass end of the world so that they could help Tammy win Survivor. <sighs> How full of herself. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm going with Kathy as my favorite jury member only because, you know, she. She kind of got screwed over a little bit at the end, and she didn't really have a big grudge about it. And she she got up and she asked a question that helped her and others um, form some answers. And it and honestly, it was in pure Kathy form because it was about the strategy of the game, which I think interested her. Yeah. And back then, uh, in a in an era where most of the focus had to be on integrity and morals and you know keeping your word and honesty, Kathy. Dared just a bit to go into like, what was your big move? Like, yeah, explain season, your biggest move. Season four, yeah. big moves, big move talk. So, props to Kathy for that. Also, Rob wore nothing but denim. The general wore just a full suit of denim to With the final like travel. Nine console. buttons at the top of his shirt being unbuttoned just so we could get enough chest hair. It's great. Yeah. Um, but the chest hair was also made of fine strands of denim. So, uh, <laughs> The general just get hey you use guys I need I need straight answers from you too nope, nope, just straight nope, nope. nope. so you, nope. Mm, did you, you not straight not, did you, you do not, this did you do this and Ilya says yes and the reason I did he's like no I just I just wanted the straight answers from you you you're insulting my denim by trying to give me the run around here so uh, oh man <laughs> the general yeah between the between those two. Between people doing that, Zoe getting up and just being like, I guess we're all liars. Huh? Good job. And then... Uh, bloop, bloop, bloop. Send shuttle down to my vector. And then you, then between all that and then Pascal trying to adopt the two, the two finalists, you two are fine young women and I would love to have you as my daughters. <sighs> Do, are you available for adoption? Just vote, why don't you? So, Kathy's my pick. All right. Uh, what are your three favorite things, moments, takeaways from this season? Sort of an open-ended question. Uh, I'll go first. Number three. Um, I'm going with uh, Rob Mariano and Kathy Vavrick O'Brien's Drunken Night, where they uh, uh, pick the tribe name and paint the tribe flag and then down a case of Coors Light. <laughs> this is also... They're so hammered. This is also the moment where you realize that, like, even the people that are, as much as Kathy is playing with strategy, there's, like, we're still in, like, these people 
just aren't really good survivor players when they're painting the new tribe flag and she's like well we picked soliantu and here's the reason why because when we win we get to scream out soliantu and i'm like Every immunity, Kathy, from here on out is individual. There will be no moment when Soliantu wins as a tribe, but you don't realize that right now. Why did Survivor focus so much on on merge tribe names back in the day? Oh, like now you don't even hear it. They still do it. They still like do the tribe name and yeah. the merge, but you don't even find out what it is anymore. And I'm glad because it's only, dumb. The only one that wants to paint the tribe flags, Joe. <laughs> True. That's that's they keep it around for the seasons where Joe England comes back and he can just sit and have an activity to do. Um, Arts and crafts classes. But man, watching them get hammered, yeah, and then climb into bed, and, and Rob making like innuendos too towards Kathy. It's great. Oh, and watching Rob Worker too. Yes, like just being oh. like, yeah, you don't really know who's lying to you, Zoe. Zoe. Mm-hmm. So he's in an alliance. And Kathy, boy, she bites her hook, line, and sinker. Yeah. But the thing is, Rob's not really lying. He's no. willing to lie, but he's also willing to play with Kathy. So it's a gr- I love the two of them. You're getting it's the one time of the season where you get the two stars of the season for me together yeah. and sit them down and give them dinner yeah. Yeah. and a case of course. That's a good number three. What's your number three? My number three is when Pascal wins the reward and he immediately, like a ding dong, screams, No! Even though, <laughs> even though it's like somebody's birthday, it's like Vesepia's birth, and he does. It's no gameplay on his part at all. He just they're completely in an alliance together. So he takes Nelia on the reward, and they go have a five nine course meal, and Pascal has Jeff's quote unquote credit card, and he gives the person like they hand him the bill, and he goes, and that'll be a. $200 tip and he's so gleefully writing out the $200 tip and he's like I'm, I'm putting I know I'm giving you he's telling the waiter I'm giving you a $200 tip on Jeff Probst here you go and he's just so happy to do it I think it's great the the Pascal if I had to rate all my Pascals it's just like you know healthy Pascal up here yeah and then at the very bottom is like a super hungry starving angry borderline racist Pascal and right. then but just above that is um, Pascal eating a high on the hog, and he has this like growling laugh that he does. He's like, hey, "We're eating good tonight," and it's just like, "Oh God, just no." Cut away, cut away from this guy immediately. Uh, while we're talking about that challenge, real quick, um, possibly a losing moment of the game for Nilia was trying to smuggle the uh, peppermint back for the tribe. Oh yeah, when. The, they're just like, hey, guys, did you uh, just tell us about the food? She feels bad about, like, uh, um, talking about all this, this, the courses they had and the meal. And so she's like, but guys, I did manage to smuggle back something. There's a mint I've had in my in my gums. This, like, little peppermint. You can pass it around and I'll suck on it if you want to. Yeah, it's like, no, no thanks. And I love Sean. Sean's such a great, I love the way Sean, like, describes things. He's He's like... Uh, in a confessional, he's like, "No, I didn't want her stupid peppermint." It's like asking somebody if they want to eat your doo doo. <laughs> yeah, Sean's Sean. use of the word doo doo is way up there for me this season. Didn't make my top three. Would have made a top five. Uh, number two, I'm gonna go with Kathy peeing on John. Yay! Love that scene. Great scene. John comes in. He's been stung by an urchin. 
Yep. And uh, he's like, I need somebody to pee on me. And he just comes screaming, pee, please pee on me. And Sean trying to take the Michael Scoopin Award this season. He gets injured four times in, like, rapid succession. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then you have uh, Pascal. He's like, Pascal's just like, right, let me try to help. That nah, can't do it. <laughs> and then, boy, it's Kathy just jogging down the beach like a Baywatch star. <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's. Time for my full bladder to be released yep. on John. The cargo shorts are down, and she's like, stick your hand under there. Get it under there. <laughs> John's like, it's so warm. <laughs> God. So really, they're both just giggling through it, but it's 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 fantastic TV. Yeah. What's your number two? My number two is also Kathy. Oh, it's way back. I think it's episode two when Kathy shows up outside, and she's like, she won't even come into the camp. And she gathers everybody over and dumps out. She's like, I got something in my bag. <laughs> yeah. And she dumps out all these conch shells and all these like clams and stuff. And she's like, I'm going to make a deal with you guys. I'm going to barter this food basically for like social inclusion. Yeah. It is so odd. It, it's like, I feel really bad for her at the moment because like she is like one thing's not like the other. And she just is not like getting along with everyone and they're not. She's not like really falling into place with like the Rotu of it all and this Kumbaya. And she, it's just so weird how she thinks she's going to barter. She's like, I will become the provider if y'all just accept me. <laughs> it's such a like cringeworthy moment, but also shows like what Survivor does to people. I think it's just a great, great moment. It's early in the game, they don't know each other, you know. Um, yeah, that's my number two. My number one is uh, something we've already hit on, but it's I think it's a huge moment for Survivor, and that is the fall of the Rotu 4. is just a huge step forward for the strategy of Survivor. So, nothing more to say on it other than that's... Uh, I think it's the, the biggest takeaway from our case is, is, is the game takes a step forward <laughs> and the, the, the Rich Hatch-style alliance... Um, has been, they figured out a way to topple it. Yeah. And, and that's it. So, what's your number one? My number one is, and I threatened the last podcast that I'm going to keep doing this until it gets its own category, is the Jeff Probst Unintentional Comedy Tour. <laughs> My number one is the ride to Central Park with the vote urn by Jeff Probst in the finale. It is not only the helicopter, Brent. It is the... Cat. So, it's the it's cat ride. The cat ride. <laughs> it's the whole thing. Yes, for a receipt. <laughs> so, back to the helicopter. First, he jumps on a helicopter, which, like... And then they go to New York, because this is the first time they can address post-9-11, I think. And, yeah. like, so they have this in Central Park in New York. Yep. And the helicopter all of a sudden comes up on the nighttime view of the Statue of Liberty, and then they cut to Jeff's face... And I think someone off camera was like, you need to react to seeing the Statue of Liberty like a human would. I don't think they say like a human would, but they're like, we need some reaction. And he, like, this sort of smirk comes across his face. Like this like, Jeff's yeah, version of this heartwarming smile. Like, it is so unhuman. Liberty. Yeah. Then he gets in a cab. Because they're like, well, it's New York. We have to do something New York-y. So let's do a cab ride. Hails a cab. And there are these like weird 
shots of like the cabbie looking in the rearview mirror to the point where you think like oh is this the general because he's like a driver in new I york i thought it was like cash cab or like i don't know like but it's something nobody. was gonna happen it's just nobody they're gonna give the cabbie a line right because it's so uncomfortable and like he's gonna be like what's in the air right <laughs> instead the cabbie just looks at him and then and jeff looks goes, back and then they go back to driving then he robs into oh the park. it is a minute and a half of just glorious jeff Probst can't does not react to things and they, like a normal person would. <laughs> and then they, uh, he asks, he he pays him when he's in Central Park. And he says, can I get a receipt? Uh, Maybe one of my all-time, if I had to rank every every sentence Jeff Probst has ever said on Survivor, I think, can I get a receipt, might be in the top top ten for me. Yeah. Um, this, uh, this had to go on the list. It beat out him calling Pascal Pascal, Pascal. for the first eight episodes of mm-hmm. the season. Um and, you know, just some other Jeff moments. But this was the number one with a bullet. <laughs> I want to go watch it again right now. It's so good. <laughs> um, speaking of the, of the uh, reunion, you've also got Rosie O'Donnell comes riding in on a motorcycle uh, driven by Colby Donaldson. Oh, yeah. Which is a great joke based on the fact that Colby lost his season because he said he wanted to buy Harley with his money. Um, and so, Rosie O'Donnell is acting like she's sexually turned on by... Yeah, that's right. another good joke. Yeah, good joke. And uh, <laughs> and then Rosie proceeds to, um, let's see, how would I describe it? Scream at all the contestants for the next hour. John! John! She peed on your hand! Ah! It's just that for an hour. <laughs> what is she supposed to do? I mean, in her defense. It's Rosie. She's, you know, she's trying to do, I don't know. Whatever, maybe not in her defense. She does a Gilligan's Island song based uh, around this season. Yeah, um, it's not very good, and I don't think she learned it ahead of time. I think it was on cue cards because <laughs> she was behind the music a bit. Um, okay. Yeah, so uh, yeah, it's uh, that the reunion used to be such a shit show in the early seasons, and Rosie adding Rosie to the mix makes it a kind of a wonderful shit show. <laughs> In my opinion. Yeah, it's... it's. Uh, She's a huge fan, too. Yeah. So and that comes across, you know. All right, well, last superlative. Who's your MVP for this season? For me, it's Kathy. Kathy. I my mean, pick as well. Yeah. She, like I said, she goes from, like, weirdly bartering to be socially accepted to, like, becoming the protagonist of the show. Mm-hmm. I mean, her arc from there to, like, where she is at the end is the story of Marquesas. Um, she's... Head and shoulders, kind of above everybody else, I think, as far as the MVP. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. She's the easy MVP for this season. Yeah. Well, it brings us to our Hall of Fame choice. Oh, okay. We're not going to do a wrap-up before that, or not uh, to? Or? Uh, we could do that, the okay. wrap-up. Okay, so uh, we, we, we have, uh, before the show, we ranked the season, so we ranked the cast fourth out of four so far. Yeah. Um. Although I do think there are some bright spots in this cast. There are always going to be bright spots. Yeah, I'd say Rob, John, Kathy, you know. Mm-hmm. There's just not as many as like other seasons. And right. they're not the first to be who they are. Right. Um, the winner ranks fourth. Uh, gameplay we ranked at second after Africa, mostly because the first two seasons just opt not to play <laughs> so much. <laughs> but um, And then uh, we give it a, a little bit of a boost for, uh, at least a boost over Africa for not being in Africa. Mm-hmm. Um 
this is our fourth ranked season, though. The fourth season is the the so far the worst season. Um, it's got a, a real dead period, typically when the show comes alive, which is like the final seven, final nine. That's usually when you really hit the home stretch, and it starts. Those are often the best episodes of the season, and yeah. these were the worst. Yeah, for me, it just has way too many minuses than pluses. Mm-hmm. Um, the minuses are the challenges; just are like. They're very few and far between as far as, like, they're memorable. A lot of them are regurgitated from the first three episodes. Um, they, the, it just doesn't have enough, like, cast member gold, you know? The winner is, like, a, you know, we touched on. It's, she's just non-visible in, mm-hmm. like, large swaths of the game. Um, and, you know, they... Things they tried new, like, really didn't work out. Um, as great as the Purple Rock kind of thing was, was it really... No, and they've gotten rid of that in the years since. Although, Pascal would have still been eliminated under right. modern rules. He just would have been default eliminated. Yes. You know, uh, which I guess is le- even less dramatic than that. Which is probably why they changed it up and went to something different at four. Yeah. Um, the, But once you just lose Rob and John... You know, at 10 and 9, it really struggles. Um, it just becomes a just drudge to the end. Yeah. 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 A, a, a below average season, but um, one that I did enjoy rewatching more than I thought I would. Um, more than I think you did. So, uh, do we have, uh, do you have a Hall of Fame choice in mind? So remembering a reminder of the rules, which is we can choose anybody who's now played in the first four seasons of Survivor who is not already in our Hall of Fame. And just to recap, our Hall of Fame includes Richard Hatch, Colby Donaldson, Rudy Bosch, Sue Hawk, and Big Tom Buchanan. So um, from there, do you have somebody in mind for our Survivor Hall of Fame for this season? Yeah. Um. Okay, I'm, I'm still struggling with mine. I've basically got it down to, to three people. I've got three it or four down to two. Yeah, I think I'm. I think I'm gonna. I have my pick, and um, yeah, I'm good with mine. I'm good with mine. Right. You want me to go first? Yeah, my Hall of Fame inductee at this point after season four is Lex Vandenberg. Also, Lex Vandenberg for me. I think that, and I mean, I'll just tell you why. I think um, Lex is probably the most, has the most visible, like, strategy of the first, like, three or four seasons, mm-hmm. other than Richard Hatch. Um, and he is really gunning to win the game. And boy, he comes with a stomach virus away from doing it. Yeah. Um, he is brash, pretty bold, and um, makes no bones about how hard he's going to play and does a pretty, really good job of it. Like, he has a couple of hiccups on the way, you know, and needs some luck to get there. But um, of almost winners and winners, who doesn't? Right. You know, um, I don't know. Your thoughts on Lex? I picked him because he is, I think, a clear protagonist for his season. That's that's an aspect yeah. I like. Um, he... Leads his season in confessionals, for example. He is uh, the vocal point of Africa. He's um, 
he's someone who had a strong strategic influence on the game and uh honestly his his fall from grace is as important in, in Africa his fall from power is as important as anything else because he really was in control until he became a little too wrapped up in his control of everything and that's when Ethan starts noticing how how hard Lex is playing and, yeah. and things like that so uh, Lex has a, a big influence on the show, even though he didn't win. Um, we've uh, we've oddly enough through four seasons, our, our Hall of Fame is uh, one, two, three, four. Uh, we have six people, and only one of them won. Only one winner. We've uh, although I think eventually we might see other other early winners be eventually put in, but for now, yeah, Lex for the same reasons. It was pretty close between him and one other person, but maybe they can get in at some other point. Which, I mean, it just goes to show you, like, I know it's hard nowadays with all the, the, the idols and the fire making challenge and all those things you have to go in, go into winning the game. Mm-hmm. But it was still as difficult at the beginning to take a strategy, yeah, form an alliance and take it all the way to the end, sit in front of a jury and win. Like, it, you need a little bit of this, a little bit of that. You know, something from column A, which is luck. Something right. from column, you know, column B, which is, you know... Uh, just someone not blowing their game up around you, mm-hmm. you know. Um, it's just incredibly difficult to win. Well, congratulations, Lex. You made it! You made it. You finally You're a winner it in our book after all these years. So, uh, anything uh, anything you're hoping to see from the next season? Thailand? Going to Thailand. It's going to be fun. It is going to be fun. I am super excited. You can watch it with us. I think it's on CBS All Access. Yeah. Um, I checked on Amazon this morning. It's still not on there. Come on, Amazon Prime. Pick it up. Get it together. You know everybody's clamoring for Survivor Thailand. So, uh, all right. Well, until next time, thank you for listening. And uh, thank you, Al, for joining me in this uh, ridiculous project that we do. Loving it. Um, So, uh, you can... uh, Follow us at TheMediaByUs.com. You can uh, subscribe to the podcast and um, tell your friends about the podcast. Tell all your tribe mates and alliances and tell everybody to uh, listen to the podcast. So Tribe mates and alliances. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, that will do it. Until next time, um, the, the talkie talk has spoken. <laughs> it's time for you to go.